Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All the, the social media posts as exhibits, I couldn't, I couldn't believe. The screenshots of the Facebook statuses. Okay, hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Legally Couture. This is your host, Erin. And we have another guest with us today. This is Hannah Kautz. Hi, everybody. Hannah is one of my really good friends from undergrad, probably my best friend from undergrad and one of the only ones I still speak to. <laughs> Love Hannah. And she's actually in New York City for the summer for her internship. She's also in law school. But um, I just got back to the city tonight. So we are recording virtually anyway, because I'm too dead to leave my apartment. <laughs> but yes, so this is Hannah. Do you want to tell people a little bit about yourself? Just like where you're from, the basics? Yeah, of course. So I grew up in Bloomington, Indiana, which is actually where I am in law school right now. I'm at the Maurer School of Law, IU Bloomington. And Erin um, and I met an undergrad at University of San Diego. We were both betas. Mm-hmm. and met freshman year so we've been friends for a long time and I just finished my first year of law school mm-hmm. and so I'm interning at the New York City Bar Association this summer so so fun yeah Hannah goes into the office most days unlike me who works from home and tries to get work done and then gets distracted and then tries again but Hannah goes in she's a real working woman business casual and everything Oh my God. I not that <laughs> going into work um every day in business casual every day. Not my vibe. I like the hybrid. Some days go in, dress nice, other days I can be sitting in like my sweatpants. I like yeah, balance. We're remote every Friday because the bar association is closed on Fridays. But um besides that, I'm going into the office Monday through Thursday. Yeah. I feel like that's nice having I'm only going in right now, like two days a week, really, but anywhere between like two to four, I feel like is good. Just having at least like that one day to be like, I don't have to do the commute. I can just wake up and work. And just like wearing pajamas or sweatpants. Literally. Yeah. It's nice. Makes it so much better. Yes. Agreed. But do you like going into the office? I do for sure. I am an intern on the policy team and everyone has just been wonderful. Everyone is super welcoming and the work is really interesting, which is good. It was just my first week. Mm-hmm. So I'm still getting used to everything. Yeah. But the the building itself is beautiful. So pretty. I love that. That's so fun. I haven't seen the building yet. I'll have to look at pictures of it if you say it's pretty. Oh, yeah. Or like come in sometime because there are all sorts of events for law students, like networking and stuff like that. Yeah, that's where lots of speakers, something for everyone. Yeah. So you'll have to let me know when there's going to be like a good event in the office so I can come check it out. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And do you like, um, actually, we'll back up. (laughs) I'm like just jumping into things. (laughs) Um, So you also took some time off before law school and worked because you graduated a semester early Mm -hmm. and that was a private firm as right okay so it was they had about like 20 attorneys so Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's considered mid-sized firm or if that's a small firm still small firm yes for Bloomington that's kind of a bigger firm but yeah for the world that's a small firm yeah that's fair I think 50 and above it's like 50 to like 250 or something is considered mid-size like small mid-size but then like 250 to 500 is like mid-size mid-size and then like 500 and like above is the big are the big ones that's wild to me but the biggest so ones wild. have over a thousand attorneys yeah which is just yeah they have so many offices so it makes sense but it's like 
that's just so many. I do not want to do big law. I was about, I know that <laughs> I knew, I know I do not want to do family law and I do not want to do big law. And those are the only two definites for me. That's fair. I know I don't want to do family law because I also had family law at the firm that I worked at. Mm-hmm. As Hannah did, we've talked about it before. It's just like, yeah, it's a messy area of law. It's like you are seeing people at their worst mm-hmm. all the time. All the time. Like you don't, you don't reach out to a family law attorney. You don't retain someone unless something is going horribly wrong in your yeah. life. Unless you're doing a prenup, in which case that's true. prenups are fun or you can do postnups too. That's after you get married, like same idea, yeah. but after you get married mm-hmm. um, or like an adoption. But other than that, outside of adoption, prenup, postnup, there's nothing fun about family <laughs> I did get to shadow, like sit in on an uncontested adoption hearing. And that was really, really sweet. And the judge was like, this is a fake showing because a courtroom is never happier than it is on an uncontested adoption hearing. Like it was so sweet. Yeah. So sweet. I love that. Yeah. If I did anything in family law, I would like to do adoption stuff, but generally you don't just get to specialize in adoptions. Like yeah be taking on other cases because there's not there's a good amount of adoptions but usually have to do other things too you have to do the divorces and the custody battles yeah oh my goodness and the divorces aren't so bad if there's no children involved but Mm -hmm. it's like it's the fighting over the children and the who's the better parent is when it really gets messy at least if there's no kids it's all about like splitting up things that you own so like there's, you know, it's not as bad, but yeah. Even bad. then, all the the social media posts as exhibits. Oh, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't believe the, the screenshots of the Facebook statuses mm-hmm. and like those can be yeah. funny, but yeah, it's definitely messy. But um, For sure. oh, right, I was going somewhere with that. So you worked in a private firm before um, law school. And now you're working in the bar association. You've only been there a week, but which kind of like office culture did you like better? Like more the like public sector bar association thing, or did you like being in the private firm culture? Thus far, definitely public interest. Okay. The nonprofit sector is so much, so far friendlier, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which also I started working at the private firm during COVID. Mm-hmm. So people, a lot of attorneys were working remote and so things weren't running as smoothly as they probably were pre-COVID times, Yeah, but most definitely the public interest sector is what I'm more comfortable with. Okay. Um, people seem to have better work-life balance Okay. and um, like people are actually leaving the office at 5 p.m. Like it's people are having lives outside of it mm-hmm. and everyone's just working towards a joint goal. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that kind of brings out the best in people. Yeah. There aren't like billable hours in that. So you're not, that it's always, not as financially focused. Mm-hmm. That helps that there's no billable hours. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The private versus the public is interesting. I do think I want to go private, but not necessarily big private. I'm thinking more mid-size or I might do like nonprofit, but not like public sector. Like I don't want to like work for a government organization, but I would be like in-house counsel for a nonprofit at some point. Like, I think that would be a lot of fun. Being in-house counsel or general counsel is honestly my dream job. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be incredible. Yeah. What I've heard though, from people that I've talked to that work as in-house counsel. Now you have to get like the firm experience first, because that's how you learn all the different areas. So you're able to be the in-house general counsel. No one will hire you as your in-house counsel when you're like no. fresh out of law school, no experience under your belt. I guess, unless it's like, if they have like an in-house like team of lawyers sometimes corporations will like pretty rare though like there's not a lot of those jobs it's easier to get an in-house job after getting firm experience whether it's small medium or big they just know once you've worked in a firm 
you've kind of learned all of the ins and out in and outs for like five years or so. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, so at some point down the line, I feel like I'm going to want to go in-house counsel for like a nonprofit that I really like. But I think that would be incredible. That would be a lot of fun. So good. Now, for now, we must get the firm experience. So they'll accept us one day. Yeah. Exactly. We got to earn our stripes a little bit first. Exactly. That's just the way it goes, unfortunately, unless you have connections. But even then, that one can still be tough skip right to for sure yeah I had another question and then I oh I know we're going to do questions just about you now Ooh, okay do so Hannah why did you decide to go to law school and that can include like a when you decided mm-hmm. okay so I was an English major for undergrad even in high school, I kind of thought that I might want to go to law school. I was always kind of looking in that direction. I love reading and I love writing. I am not a math science girl. So I wanted to steer clear of those subjects. And in law school, really, you're just reading and writing. That's kind of, (laughs) that is basically what you do. Mm -hmm. And my dad actually went to law school, but never practiced law. And um, he just felt like it was incredibly helpful, even like in the business world, just having a law degree. He felt like that was an advantage, I guess the JD advantage in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was drawn to it thinking I did want to practice. I was going into it thinking that that's what I would do. Mm -hmm. But I was also, um, Aaron and I were both in File for Delta, the pre-law fraternity in undergrad. And, um, I think that kept me on the right path Mm -hmm. looking towards law school. Yeah, I agree. I feel like in general, that was a good program. Sometimes they would have speakers that I was just like, why are we just hearing from more USD law students? I was like, I know this is what's accessible to them, but it's like, at this point, like, I don't want to hear from another panel of law students, like I understand I'll have to go to law school, but I want to see more what my opportunities are after law school. Like, why do I want to go to law school? What can I get out of it? What can Mm -hmm. I do with it? Not how bad will my three years of law school be? (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. I honestly, I skipped file for Delta a lot. (laughs) I remember loving the Innocence Project. They came in and I was okay. like, that is the coolest thing in the world. My like, school, oh my goodness. My law school started the Innocence Projects. Wait, Aaron, that's oh, incredible. incredible. It's so cool. It's that's incredible. It's like facts to tell people. And they're like, where do you go to law school? And I'm like, oh, Cardozo. Like you might not know it. Like it's a smaller, like newer law school. But like it started the Innocence Project. And everybody knows what that is. So, oh, definitely. So it's like, it's a great conversation starter with people that like, aren't in the legal field because if you are like in law school or you're an attorney in like the northeast new york area like you know cardozo yeah if you're not an attorney Mm -hmm. or something you might not know but most people know what the innocence project is when you bring it up oh for sure so um, yeah so that was one of my favorite facts about it they do a clinic one of my friends is actually doing it all through the next year so it's like it goes through the summer and then the academic year so um, I'll have to ask her how it is. That's so cool. They didn't give us a lot of information on it. Otherwise, I might have like applied to do that because mm-hmm. you can do like the summer stipend. My school has a really good like stipend program oh. for public service um, jobs in the summer and for government jobs. Um, so you can like get paid enough to at least like maybe pay your rent. That is awesome. Right. Which is fantastic. But um, yeah, and I think you can get that with that clinic because you can get that through the clinic that I'm working in. So mm-hmm. very cool. That's my school's fun fact. I love that. Like, does your school have any fun things that it started or that it's known for? Like what's your mm. program maybe? Like we're IP and then um, alternative dispute resolution are our two big programs. And then Innocence Project, of course. Yeah, um, I honestly have no idea. We could Google it. We could Google it. Yeah, Google it. 
I'm going to check it out. Let's check it out. Let's see what Hannah's school is known for. Because every school, even if they don't have something like the Innocence Project, they have like a top couple like programs or like specialty. Yeah. Or, or like certain clinics. Sure. Um, it says IP. Okay. Environmental law and That's public cool. interest law. Okay. I like environmental law. That's cool. Yeah, it is not an area that I know very much about, but it's certainly interesting and it's certainly necessary. Yeah, it's an area that I want to learn more about, but it's not big at my school either. So I don't think we offer a lot of classes in it, just like the basics. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so many areas of law. Oh, I know. I'm excited for employment law. Oh, okay. That's the class that I'm most excited for next semester. Okay, interesting. Did you get to pick your classes already? I did, yes. Okay. Yeah, so I'm taking corporations, employment law. I'm doing a seminar on constitutional interpretation. Okay. I am doing legal research. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then um, hopefully a journal. Our journal offers don't go out until July. Yeah, ours aren't coming for another week or so we just got our um or I just got my final GPA I don't know if anybody else is still waiting on their we already got ours back yeah got our um I got mine at least my section did I can't speak for all the sections because we're split mm-hmm. but my section has all their grades in so our GPAs are done but we're still waiting on rankings and then journal offers come out like immediately after rankings within like a couple days oh wow so um I think they said they're going to try to get them to us before we have to do our final bids for on-campus interviews. Um, oh. Those is July 7th. So we should be getting them in the next like couple weeks, our journal offers. That is so exciting. I know. Very exciting. We didn't get to pick our classes yet, though. Ooh. Do you have an idea of what you might want to take or not so much? I know what I want to take. And they just sent out like the... um the listing of the course offers for the fall. So mm-hmm. I just need to see if like all the classes I want to take line up schedule wise. For sure. I want to take um pre-trial practice with um mm-hmm. the professor that runs the clinic I'm working in because that one sounds really cool. That does for sure. And then she recommended that I take evidence with it because I guess they go together very well. Um, since like mm-hmm. lots of pretrial stuff has to do with the evidence <laughs> for sure. So those, and then I'm going to take family law to get it done and over. I know I have to do it and I know a Yikes. bit about it. So <laughs> I know a bit about it. So I'm like, let me get it done yes. while I still have a bit fresh in my mind from working at the firm. And I like understand the context and then, um, a, oh, and then I have an externship that I'm doing and then also hopefully a journal or a competition team. So, yes, if I don't get onto a journal that I want to be matched with. Okay. So for us, it was kind of like sorority recruitment. Was it that way for you too? Yeah. Okay. So if I don't get matched with a journal that I feel good about, then I will do moot court, but I'm going to do one or the other. Okay. But I would way rather do journal than moot court. Super interesting. We actually have to include moot court and our ADR team, which like is the best team in New York. So it's a really good team. I don't know if your school has an ADR team, but um, I don't honestly know. I don't know. I just know it's big at our school because we're the best one in the city, which is against like NYU and Columbia. Um, Yeah, that's impressive. That's awesome. Really, really good. But we had to rank those with the journals too so it's like law review is number one I don't know if your school has just a law review do they have one um the ILJ Indiana Law Journal okay is the big one okay and then there's there are several other journals that are like special topics kind of yes okay so that's what ours is too so we have the big one it's Cardozo Law Review but that doesn't go in our rankings everybody gets put in for a law review position. So those offers go out first. And then if you don't get an offer or you deny your law review offer, then it goes into the matching process. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. For us, moot 
core is something anyone can sign up for. And there's like a one credit hour class that goes along with it. Yeah. But so some people do journal and moot court, but that gives you a very, very, very busy first semester. Yeah. No, we can't do both. You can do trial team with a journal or trial team with moot court or ADR, I believe. Um, But you cannot do moot court, um, which is moot court honor society or ADR with the journal. So we had to rank them together, which I did not like because I would have preferred to just like get an offer from moot court, get an offer from ADR. And, and then, then weigh, weigh and it then out and decide, decide. Like, yeah. And then decide like, oh, well, I don't like the journal I got offered. So I'm going to do this. Yeah. So we had to rank them all together. So I ranked like law reviews at the top. And then um, I put moot court and then ADR and then the journals because I would rather do a team than a journal if I don't get law review. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so that's even like interesting how our schools do that differently. That is interesting for sure. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, feel like I was. And like, I know that we have an ADR clinic, but I don't think it's, even, do I don't know. That, I don't think that we have a team. I don't think we like compete. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably not big at your school. Like ADR is one of the big things at my school. So we have the clinic, we have the team. I feel like we have a club and then, um, we also just have like a bunch of ADR classes, Mm -hmm. I believe. And then we also have like a mediation clinic and a divorce mediation clinic. So we have a lot of ADR type things going on at our school. It's one of our big programs. But um, yeah, so super mediation is something that I'm definitely interested in, like mediation in the business setting, I find really, really interesting. And if you're the mediator, you hear the tea from both sides. Mm -hmm. And I also like it because you're not on a side. So it's not so competitive. Mm -hmm. You're just trying to unite the two sides. And I, I don't know. I love that. I think that's great. That is fun. We did a competition at our school, like an inter-school competition um, that was run by the ADR team, I think, to try to get people interested in it. And we did like a mock ADR meeting. I guess it would be, I was going to say trial or hearing, but it's not. It's just like a meeting. So I was like paired with a partner and we had these case facts and then the other side had their facts. And we both had some facts that were shared, but then others we like had as secret and we got to decide what to say. And it is super interesting. And like a lot of times that type of thing just is what would come before a hearing because most businesses especially are going to want to try to settle things out of court first because it's Mm -hmm. going to take more time to settle in court, more money. So I feel like it's good to have those skills, even if you want to be a litigator or something because your client might- It's a lot of- It's a lot of psychology too. And just like persuasive. Yeah. How do you make someone feel like they're getting mm-hmm. the better deal? You want them both to feel like they're getting the better deal. Yeah. And to do that, you have to figure out what each person really wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what, what is their underlying want besides the argument that they're putting forth? Yes. That's what, okay. So whether they know what they're asking for or not, like you have to see through that. Find it. That's how the ADR team described it to us because they did like a presentation um, about the team. And they said how like, if both sides both say they want the apple, but you're like, why does each side want the apple? And, or we'll say an orange, that's easier. Both sides want the orange. One side wants it though, because they want to eat the orange, like the inside of it. But the other side wants it because they need like, the orange zest for like a loaf of bread that they're making. So you can like find a compromise once you figure out why they actually want what they want. Which is so Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yes. I feel like we're getting like, so mixed matched in what we're talking about here. We're just kind of jumping around. (laughs) Steer me back on course. (laughs) I'm not sure that we have a course today. It's a very like chatty episode. But so let's say we know where you went to school for undergrad. We know where you're going to school now. We know what you're doing. Um, let's see. We did why you went to law school. Oh, why did you pick your law school? 
Ooh, okay. Um, they gave me an offer that I could not refuse. <laughs> it was a difficult cycle during COVID. Yes. There were huge amounts of applicants whenever the job market, the economy mm -hmm. destabilizes a little bit. People go back. Lots of people want to go to grad school. People do not want to enter the workforce yet. And um, yeah, IU just gave me an offer that I could not refuse. But it also just kind of felt meant to be mm -hmm. because the apartment that I was living in at the time, because I had graduated a semester early and moved back to Bloomington to work at the law firm in Bloomington. The apartment that I was living in at the time is literally a four to five minute walk to IU's law school. And it, it was so convenient. And it was also just a unique thing because I didn't go to IU for undergrad. So many of my friends did growing up in Bloomington. So it was interesting to see my town, my hometown from like the student lens instead of just wow. growing up there. Mm -hmm. No, that's so no one from my high school is in the law school though. Was that was my hesitancy. You're also not like then going, it's not like if you went to undergrad there and you would have been with a bunch of people from high school, yeah. you get to like do your own thing in the law school now, but still get to go to the school. In your town. Yeah, I did not. I would not have honestly been happy if it was just high school 2.0. <laughs> so I was, I was relieved when I saw that no one yeah. from my high school was going there. That's the best. We love that. So yeah. you do your thing. That makes and something that I do love about IU that makes me very grateful that I chose to go to law school there is it's a very friendly atmosphere. And law school grades are something that everyone is preoccupied with, understandably. Mm -hmm. I, I can't say I feel any differently, <laughs> but people aren't cutthroat mm -hmm. at IU. People are friendly. They try to help each other. It doesn't seem like the super, super high stakes that some schools would be. And in my friend group, we just don't talk about grades. Mm -hmm. We don't tell each other our GPAs or anything like that because mm -hmm. we don't want to get into the competitive, comparative conversations. Mm -hmm. And so that's helped keep things friendly. Yeah, no, that's definitely good. I feel like my school also isn't super, super competitive. I feel like it's kind of the ones that are like kind of ranked, like they're not quite in the top 14, but they're like the 20 or so schools below that are like weirdly probably the most competitive because if you're in a top 14, like you're not that concerned about your grades because like you go to one of the top schools. So like you're going to have job offers. You're a shoe in. Yeah. You, you are a shoe in as long as you know how to interview, like your grades aren't like super, super important. But mm -hmm. then like, if you go to like our level schools, it's like, we're all, I don't know. It just like seems that ours are less competitive. Whereas if I was going to like Fordham, I feel like it would be super competitive because they're trying to prove something and they're trying to stand prove. out. Yeah. It's like, oh, we almost like went to a top 14, but not quite. So I want to show people that like I'm the top of this one. Yeah. So And while it's not competitive between students, I definitely would not say it's relaxed. Like everyone wants to do their best. Law school is full of overachievers. Mm -hmm. Like no one, I don't know anyone who says they don't care about grades and actually yeah. means yeah. <laughs> Like we all care about our grades. Overachiever. Like it's only overachievers and perfectionists that go Most to Most definitely. School. Most definitely. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I am a little bit of a slacker by law school standards. Me too. It feels that. It feels that way. It's mm -hmm. hard to say that because obviously I only have my own experience to go yeah. off of but I am not the type a of the law school world no I'm a little more laid back I yeah. think my roommate is she's the type a of the law school world and I'm just like mm -hmm. you've been studying yeah. today. like let's just like just put your laptop away while you watch tv and she's always doing stuff and I'm like dude I just need balance that's the yeah. biggest thing for me I have to have time for myself, just doing stuff that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. I have to. Otherwise, you're just going to burn out. 
And like, I just get so miserable. Like I'm not good at studying if I'm sad. (laughs) Like I have to enjoy my life. Yeah. If you're not happy, then you hit that like a burnout of like, well, now I like can't study because it's not like, I don't know. Like you, you have to have a balance. Oh, this is actually, this is something interesting that we've never talked about, but I was creeping on your Insta. Okay. I got diagnosed with ADHD in law school. Wait, you did too? Yeah. And I just, I saw like a post he made about that and it was like, wait, me too. I got diagnosed right mm, a year after undergrad. I was like on TikTok and all of the stupid posts about ADHD kept making their way to my for you page. And I was like, whatever. And I kept skipping them. And then one day I was like, this one describes me. So then I went down like a hole on TikTok and I was like, oh my God, I have ADHD. <laughs> then I like, yeah. my um, my primary care doctor had put me on anxiety meds. So I was like switching over, like she just started me on them. So I was like going to see a psychiatrist anyway. So I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to ask her to like evaluate me for ADHD. But then like my therapist in my like first two sessions with her, she was like doing her like intro um, diagnoses type questions And she asked one question and she went, oh, because you say that, I'm going to ask, have you ever been tested for ADHD? (laughs) No, but I was going to ask you about that, Jamie. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just, it's so funny because I think, I mean, we, we live together. I feel like we are similar in that way of, we weren't the kid acting up in elementary school. We weren't getting in trouble. Like, ADHD presents differently mm-hmm. in females and it's often undiagnosed, which is so interesting because for me, I always had anxiety mm-hmm. when I went on my ADHD med, which is my dais. Mm-hmm. I no longer take my anxiety med, which people are like, what? Like a, if you take someone who does not have ADHD and you give them a stimulant that will give them anxiety. They're like the energizer bunny go yeah. a mile a minute. Like I literally am so much calmer mm-hmm. on my ADHD meds like because my thoughts can like come at one at a time and yeah. of it being so loud in there at all yeah. times. No. And that's why it's like so often missed in girls because it's more often the, um, the, like the inward symptoms than the outer mm-hmm. symptoms. So because it's just like, oh, well, she's got like racing thoughts. They're like, oh, it's anxiety. But no, it's my ADHD brain that can't focus on one thing and won't shut up for me to get something done. So then that's like what causes the anxiety. So a lot of people that have ADHD, once they get diagnosed with it and they're treated for it, whether it's like learning different like coping mechanisms to like work with their brain or like being put on a stimulant, they're like, wow, my brain's not anxious anymore because the untreated ADHD is what was causing it. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. Yeah. When my doctor, well, it was actually, it was my psychiatrist that brought it up. Yeah. I When she brought up, like, I think that you might have ADHD. I was like, what? Have you met me? Like, there's no way. Like, I love my planner. I am hyper organized. Like, I'm color coding everything. That's the overcompensating. That's how I am, too. So, my therapist explained it as like, my brain, I did so well in school and everything growing up because my brain learned how to like overcompensate for my lack yeah. of organization. So, like, I would like check like five times to make sure like I had everything in my backpack like the night before. I would like do this, do that. But then like my symptoms started becoming more obvious, like after I was out of undergrad, because then at that point I don't have like my, like my school structure kind of like keeping me set on a specific Mm -hmm. track because like, I was just like studying for the LSAT. And that was like, just, you've got to keep yourself on track for that. It's not like, Oh, like you have to do this reading for this day, this for that day. So like that. And then working too, I was just like, I can't focus on this work. It is so boring. So it's just crazy. And it was actually after I started my anxiety med that I was like, I really can't focus at work anymore. And it's because like the anxiety med, like took some of my anxiety away 
which that is was keeping you on task, keeping me on task by making me like overcompensate and overwork. Yeah. So when my anxiety went away, all of the hidden symptoms came out and I was like, I can't do anything now. Yeah. I just, I thought that was so interesting. Yeah. I thought that was so interesting. Uh, but it makes sense. I'm going to be honest. I feel like at least like 50% of people in law school have ADHD because it's like our mm. brain like thrives on being like, we want to do new things. And like we, a lot of times we are like the perfectionist type, especially if you grow up like undiagnosed ADHD because you're always, yeah. well, I have to like prove myself. Like, so you mm. become a perfectionist. So For sure. So many people that think like that, like, Law school just makes sense for them in some way. Yeah. It's for so sure. It's so sad. I just thought that was so funny. Yeah. That is so funny. And it's funny because like who mm-hmm. we were like friends with in undergrad, she had ADHD. So we're like, that's it. It was a very, a very, very it presented different. in different ways. Very, very different. For yeah. sure. <laughs> but um, I was a crazy <laughs> child though, but it was like, um, so like back to my own symptoms, I was a crazy child. I was all over the place. I was like a chaotic kid. Like I would run from room to room. My mom said like ripping books off the shelf. Then I'd go to the next room and I would like rip all the movies off the shelf. And then I would go do something bad in the next room. And then at some point I would just crash because I would use all of my crazy energy at once and then just crash. Mm-hmm. But at some point along the way, I was like, I'm not supposed to be like this. So then that's when the anxiety kicked in. And then that's what I knew growing up. Just, it's crazy. Yeah, it's just, it's so interesting. It's so yeah. interesting. It, it made me look back on my own experiences and behavior with a new lens. Yeah, like looking back, do you like think of any things from like when you were like really young and be like, that makes sense? I just remember becoming incredibly anxious if I wasn't like always doing something mm-hmm. like the worst thing in the world for me was like sitting in class, mm-hmm. like in a long, boring lecture mm-hmm. with like nothing to do mm-hmm. as I kept like I needed to like doing nothing would cause anxiety for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because like, if there was nothing for my mind to be on, it'd be going a million miles a minute. Yeah. I feel like that's a really big one for most girls that go undiagnosed because that's the inattentive ADHD. It's that your mind is everywhere else, except Mm -hmm. where you need it to be. If it's not something interesting, that's giving you the dopamine hit that your brain wants. (laughs) Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. And also, um, I lost my train of thought it'll come back to me it'll come back or it won't very ADHD of you to lose your yeah okay (laughs) yeah it's so funny but I feel like one of the bigger things for me too though other than like the specifics of like not focusing or like forgetting things and like Mm -hmm. not causing the anxiety looking back I like see it how like I would interact with people even and I'm like that's why I would get like unreasonably mad at things because like my brain would be overstimulated by the situation. Yeah. I can't handle this right now. So then I would get mad about something small. So like, I would always Mm -hmm. be like, what is wrong with me? Like, why did I just get mad at my sister for like using my shampoo or something? But it's like, because there was a lot of other things around it. And so my brain just like, it exploded. Mm. I get overwhelmed if there's too much like sensory overload. Yeah. Like I cannot, I cannot read and listen to music with words. No, I absolutely cannot. Like I can't do it in a coffee shop. If the coffee shop is playing music with words and, Oh, I thought of what I wanted to say earlier. Okay. So as a child, because I was an anxious child, um, my parents put me in like child meditation yoga classes meditating made me like 20 times more anxious. I could like work myself up into like a near panic attack by trying to meditate. Oh we like, what is this? But just like being alone with my child thoughts going a hundred yeah. miles a minute was like horrible. Yeah. So if you take away all the stimulation and it's like, I can't, I can't do that. Yeah. That's how I used to be when I would try to do yoga, but I actually like yoga a lot now. But I feel like yoga 
is probably a better way for people with ADHD to like kind of to meditate because it's, for me, yeah, because you're focusing that on the movements, but you're mm-hmm. like just focusing on that. So you're still teaching your brain to like yeah. be quiet and just focus on that. But it's giving you something to physically do instead of just having to sit. For sure. And the linking breath to movement thing for me is really good. Because if you ask me to sit still and do like a breathing exercise, I can't do it. I just, I I can't do it. And it's, it's like frustrating for me Mm -hmm. instead of calming me. It frustrates me. Usually I'll. Like, why can't I just make my brain do it? Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like yoga can be a better alternative to just meditation. And I love yoga because of that. It's like you focus on the moves and the breathing. So it's keeping my brain busy, but it's still relaxing because it's like, it has the same effect for me because also yoga is like challenging for me. So my mind is occupied. I'm not off thinking about what I need to do Mm -hmm. because I'm, it keeps me entertained. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's like the big thing with ADHD. Your brain is looking to be entertained because it's mm-hmm. like the um the lack of dopamine that it has. So it's looking for entertainment to like get that spark to make the dopamine. So yeah. crazy. I can't believe you were also just tired. I know. I thought it was really, really funny. And honestly, funny. I like haven't really told many people that. Okay. I told like a couple people first and they would just be like, you do not have ADHD. Like, have you met someone with ADHD? Because, like, I never. My like, dad swears I'm faking it sometimes. I'm like, sir, I know people you have ADHD. People will be like, yeah, like you're so like on it. Like, what are you talking about? But it's like outwardly, I'm on it. Mm-hmm. Inwardly, inwardly, I'm not on it's it. All over the place. Like, I have to, and that's yeah. why probably you were so strict with your planners too, because you like. Have oh, without my planner, I literally would not wear. I would not know what to do or go yeah. or. I would get nothing done without the planner. Yeah, no, that's, I have to have to-do lists. So I'm like, I have a bunch of things to do. I have to write it down. Um, but I use for like a calendar now, like I have to use my phone because I'll forget mm-hmm. about my planner for like weeks at a time. Yeah. But like, I have everything of like where I need to be and stuff in yes. my calendar and my phone. And then I have like my Apple watch and it's connected to my laptop. So like, I'm going to know when and where I need to be. That's perfect. And like, that's what. But like, if it's not on the list, I'm not doing it. (laughs) Unfortunately. Oh my goodness. So um, listeners, I had my sister's bridal shower this past weekend. And leading up to it, my sisters would keep texting me and being like, Erin, did you do this yet for the bridal shower? And I was like, um, I didn't know I was supposed to be doing it. Like, I recall us talking about it, but um, you never gave me a to-do list, so I didn't remember, but I can do it now. And then I got home, like, last Wednesday because I got home early to set up for it. And my sister was talking about something with her to-do list. I was like, oh, you guys all have, like, separate to-do lists. And she was like, do you not? And I was like, no, when you text me to do something, I do it because you never gave me my list of, like, tasks. And she was like, oh, my God. So then I made her write me out a list, but at that point it was a little late and I kind of was doing things as they texted me, but, um, but yeah, that goes off that same thing. If it's not written down or like somebody doesn't specifically like text me and be like, do this. Like, I'm, I'm not going to remember that I was supposed to do it. It's hopeless. It's not going to happen if it's not on the list. No, I'll like remember things like a month later and be like, oh my God, I never like did this thing. Like I never like paid this bill. I'm like, this has been sitting here. Cause I put it to the side and then I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's a and I think like, I, I have never heard that insight before, but it rings true for me that the color coordinating, the organizational yeah. skills, the planners, it is overcompensation. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that rings really true for me. And that's like that. And you obviously were someone that did overcompensate for the ADHD. And that's why you ended up with anxiety. Like, yeah, that's just (laughs) like either you like a lot of times, like, even if you don't overcompensate, you also can have anxiety because you're like, I'm such a mess. I can't get anything done, but it's like, Mm -hmm. depending what skills set you have available to you. And like my therapist literally said, she was like, you probably have a high IQ because it seems like your brain learned to do things a different way. And (laughs) yeah, probably, But so like, and it really depends like at what you see around you, like what your family does, 
if you like pick up on that you can use to like help you for sure it's like you're learning coping mechanisms without knowing what you were coping with at the time it's so interesting it's so interesting Yeah. yeah and um I don't know. It's something that if it had never been diagnosed, like I, I would be okay, mm-hmm. but I am more comfortable in my own skin. Me too. Knowing. And yeah. I just, I don't know. I'm less jittery. Mm-hmm. I used to never be able to sit still. Like yeah. if I was going to watch TV, had to be crafting, had to like have something. Yes, you'd always be coloring energy. in our apartment. Yes. You yeah. During COVID, it was yeah. cross-stitching. Oh, cross-stitching. Yeah. Okay. I picked up cross-stitch. And I mean, I still love to do those things. But now I can just sit down and literally just watch TV to watch TV. Yeah. And I don't know. I can focus. The thoughts come one at a time now instead of everything at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's crazy just how like knowing like this is ADHD, you can be like, oh, that's why my brain was doing that. It's just like. I, I don't get as frustrated with myself. Yeah. I'll be like, I know, I'll be like, oh yeah, like I know it's because that's how my brain works. And that's why like I did this thing this way. Mm-hmm. And then I won't get frustrated with myself. And then that also helps for you not sure. be as anxious. <laughs> for sure. It was just crazy for me that a stimulant could like calm your brain. Take away my anxiety. Yeah. Like, how, like that that's so counterintuitive. Yeah. But it works. That's how it works. That's what my therapist said to me. The first time I took my stimulant, I was like afraid to take it. I was like, it's going to make me feel like I'm having a heart attack. And then like I had a session with her later that day. So that's why I was like, I'm going to start it today. Like my psychiatrist have prescribed it like a couple weeks before. But I was like, I'm going to wait until the day that I have therapy so I can take it and then like go to my therapy session an hour later once it kicks in. I got to therapy. And before I got there, I emailed her. I was in class and I was like, just so you know, Jamie, I decided to finally try my Concerta today. So if I like come into therapy having a panic attack, that's why. And I get there. She goes, so how do you feel? And I was like, actually, my brain is quiet. And she was like, that's because you have ADHD. And I said, well, confirmed then. It's like, we don't have to question now. Did I make it up? It's so interesting. So interesting. Yeah. And it's something that we're just not taught yeah because we weren't the behavioral problems in the classroom Mm -hmm. like because we weren't running around couldn't sit in our seat in class like it just never never got caught we just kind of went under the radar I was like the quiet kid in class like I wouldn't raise my hand because I was like anxious that I was going to like forget what I was gonna say or like say Mm -hmm. something wrong and now I'm like yeah well I was afraid I was gonna forget what I was gonna say because half the time I do forget what I'm going to say five seconds after I think of it. Yeah. So, for sure. but I'd be like, there's something wrong with my brain, but no, it just, it needs a little more dopamine. That's all. But I feel like we should stop talking about ADHD now for this. Episode. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I did not mean to hijack the episode. Feel no. free to like edit any of that out. No, literally. I just thought that my, was interesting. No, Hannah, it's one of my favorite things to talk about on the podcast, but um, that's so funny. But yeah, we'll have to talk about it more at a different time because I've learned so many fun little things now that I'm like, it caused that. Oh, I would I would love your tips and tricks for yeah. sure. I'll let you know. We'll have to talk about it. But um, we'll be done with it for the episode. So let's Sounds see, where good. were we before the ADHD? <laughs> we were talking about balance. We can jump back to balance. So Oh, we could talk about our dog. Yes. Literally, we both just said dogs at the same time. Yep. So Missy is my greatest source of balance, my greatest source of balance. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's finals week. Missy still has to pee. She still yeah. expects her like scheduled walks. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't, I walk in the door. She doesn't care how my cold call went. Like she just loves me and wants me to be there. And that's, that's all you could ask for. Yeah. No, literally we, I've said this before on a couple different episodes because I've had lots of guests come on with, um, pets that had them in law school or now as an attorney. And like, I will reiterate it forever. Having a pet in law school is probably the best thing you can do for yourself, whether it's a cat, because like, maybe you have a long commute. So you can't do like several walks a day for a dog, but like you have a cat, you still have to get up. You have to feed the cat in the morning. You have to feed the cat at night. You have to do their, you got to scoop their litter pan. Otherwise your apartment's going to start to smell. 
So like, Mm -hmm. and it gives you something else to think about too, other than yourself. So not only is it giving you the schedule, like Hannah said, but also it's like, it's just another thing that you have to think about instead of being focused on like, oh, like all I am is law school. Like, no, you are the mother or father of that animal that lives in your home and they rely on you to survive. Law school can feel at times very all consuming. Mm -hmm. And Missy is something completely unrelated to law school. And that is an incredible outlet. And just a reminder of the multidimensional beings that we are. And we are not law school. We are not what we do. Like that is not all that is us. No, it's just something that we're doing. But we get home from class. We might have been in the library for like five hours studying. But we get home and our dog is still there. And you're like, right. I don't, I'm not just law student. I'm not just becoming a lawyer. Like I have a pet. There's a world beyond law school. school. And it's, it's a great thing. Every person I've talked to that has a dog or a cat in law school, they're like, I would not be surviving and like be at like the balance and like mental stability that I am without my pet. Just because like they ground you, you can give them cuddles get to play with Missy that. is the best emotional support animal anyone could ever ask for. So, so sweet. So She's good. So sweet. Lorelai is similar to Missy in that she'll just like lay with you all day. She gets like her spurts of energy sometimes still because she's only one, but like mm-hmm. in general, like she'll just sit with me all day while I'm doing work. We'll like lay on the couch. I'll sit on the floor. We'll sit in my bed at my desk and she just hangs. I love that. She's so cuddly. She's sleeping right now. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed because I could not bring Missy to the city with me for yeah. my internship for the summer. But she's with her grandparents, my parents. She's doing well. Um, but yeah, she cannot pee on anything that's like not grass. Occasionally oh. a rug in my home. But mm-hmm. if it's outside, it has to be grass. Yeah. And so New York would not have worked that well for Missy. Yeah, that's how my sister's dog is. But Lorelai um, will pee anywhere. We walk outside, like she'll be mid-walk and she just stops and she just pees. I'll be like, why did she stop walking? She's peeing just in the middle. Is she feeling better? Is she okay? Yeah, she's feeling so much better. Her stomach is back to normal. It fixed itself. I gave her pumpkin. It settled out and she's good. good. So no more middle of the night potty breaks, which we were not a fan of. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I had one more question that I wanted to ask you. Hmm. We'll just do East Coast, West Coast. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. We could do a little bit of that. What do you think about which do you like better? And also, you were, you're also middle. You're like East Coast, but like, yeah. I, I'm from the Midwest. Yeah. yeah I'm a Midwestern like, girl at heart. Conference. Hmm. That's a good question. Definitely, which I've only been to New York for vacation a few times. And then I've only been here a week. But the two months that I'm going to be here this summer, that's the longest I will have spent in New York. Um, It is faster paced, Mm -hmm. most definitely, than the West Coast is and definitely more than Midwest. Um, The stereotype is true. Midwestern people are nice. I I believe that. (laughs) They are sweet. They're little corn hearts. They are very... They are very sweet people. Mm-hmm. Um, really good food on the East and the West Coast. So, yeah, I feel like you kind of can't go wrong there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what fits my vibe more, and I'm not sure where I'll end up. I would say West Coast is a little more image conscious, I yeah. think, than the East Coast is. Mm-hmm. The East Coast can feel a little more genuine to me okay like even if people are going to be like rude they're being like unapologetically themselves yeah like people aren't there's a little less conforming maybe that's true that's true but in another way there's like the conforming of like pressure succeed succeed so I don't know yeah I don't know I talk about this all the time and I think so I obviously I like the weather best in San Diego I oh, most definitely. Like I hate the cold. I hate walking around New York City in the winter. It kills me inside. I'm not a fan of it. 
Um, I can't wait until I'm rich enough to have like a driver and I'm like, come pick me up at my door and bring me to work. Yeah. Um, but we're not there yet. So um, I like the weather best on the West Coast. And I like the vibe of the West Coast in that, or not the West Coast, but specifically San Diego. I can't, like, I don't think I'd like being in the LA area. I think I would be miserable. But I like San Diego and that it's like a beach town. So people, I feel like, I don't know, it's like more natural, like more natural hair, more like less makeup, just like suntan, you know, whether it's real tan or fake tan, it's very just like, you've got your tan, you've got your natural hair, minimal makeup. And it's just like, it's it very natural. But I do think I am not laid back enough to be in San Diego. Like, I think my personality fits better in New York because I am fast paced. Yeah, for sure. I always said that San Diego was like the dream vacation, gorgeous, but probably not where I want to live. Yes, I feel that. If that changes, maybe I'd want to retire there. Yeah. Oh, that would be a great place to retire because I always say now like, oh, I wouldn't want to live back on the West Coast because it's like so far from my family. Mm-hmm. but like as sad as it is when I retire probably mm, well maybe my parents won't be dead no I plan <laughs> to have a long career I plan to have a long career so they might be dead Another <laughs> point being like family situation might be different we might be all over the country anyway whereas right now all of my family is kind of in this part of the country but yeah, I, yeah good retirement spot and great vacation spot for sure. The tacos, I think, are better in San Diego than Wait, here. Hannah. But but I do think the pizza is better here, obviously. The pizza is obviously better here. There was no good pizza in San Diego. I never had a good piece of pizza. I didn't so either. You have to have the pizza that's near my apartment. It's called Lunetta's. It's the best pizza I've had in the city. Ooh. I just had it for dinner tonight. But what I was going to say when you said tacos, there is a taco place by my school here that I recently learned about grace goes to it, but I didn't, I thought it was a chain, but it's like a standalone small business. And the lady who owns it is from San Diego. So all of the Mexican food is San Diego style. They have like the rolled potato taquitos. <gasps> Wait, really? My favorite. And Wait, I, oh my God. I love those from Puesto. Ah! Yeah, yeah, literally they're my favorite and I can never find them anywhere, but this place has them. It's called El Dorado taco, I think. Um, I'm making a note of that. I'm adding it to my list. Yeah, maybe we'll go there this weekend then. But um, yeah, super, super good. San Diego. That's incredible. Yeah. So, um, so good. there are good tacos here. It's the San Diego style ones with the San Diego business owner. And that makes sense. And definitely um, the bagels are better. Oh, On absolutely. the West Coast, for sure. Oh, on the like, West Coast? Like hands down. Oh, no, no, no. East Coast. Oh, no, no, I'm no. just like, New York bagels. New York is known for their bagels. What do you mean the bagels on the West Coast? No, are- the best in San Diego was like Einstein Bros. Yeah. Which like no shade to Einstein, but like New no York shade to Einstein, but it's still not like, good. Yeah. But yeah, the bagels. Okay. I feel like we've recorded a lot. So we're going to wrap up now and do our little segments we do at the end. So we do two segments. The first one is called the how to be a better person segment. And this Ooh. can be like a sustainability tip. It can be like a cause to donate to. It can be like an organization to volunteer for. It can be like something nice you can do for people. Just like Ooh. something good that you like to do for people or the environment or whatever. Yes. Hmm. I so forgot this is a tip that I should give. Yes, a tip. I'll give one too. So, okay. You would give for people to do. And I'm realizing I did not think of one. <laughs> Let me think of one. Mine is pretty generic. That's but funny. I always bring my reusable bags when I go to Target. Yeah. I always bring those. Um, hmm. A big one, which, okay. So I am a vegetarian, but I'm not preachy about it. And I'm not saying that everyone should be vegetarian or vegan, 
But even if you just do like a meatless Monday mm-hmm. or just try to reduce your your animal product consumption for like mm-hmm. one meal a week, it mm-hmm. it makes a huge impact mm-hmm. for sure. That's so true. That's a good one. We haven't done that one yet. I feel like we've probably done the reusable bags at some point, like a really old episode. That one is really basic. But we have it, you know, Monday. I give myself a little pat on the back every yeah. time I bring in my reusable bag. Me too. And when I don't, I'm like, shit, I forgot my bag. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I need to give one now. Let's see. You did reusable bag. You did meatless Monday. <laughs> Maybe thank you notes. I love a good thank you note. Oh. Like just a reminder to like give a thank you note. So like. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, just, I don't know. If someone gives you a present, like send out a thank you. Remember note, to send or like no or a thank you text even. Yeah. Oh my gosh, thank you text. Yeah. yeah. Actually, thank that you text. Great. Yeah, super big. I that'll be my tip. I'm stealing it from you. I gave out I actually sent a couple thank you texts today. Um, one to this guy that I know that works at a firm that I'm going to be applying to and that I really like because he connected me. I know I'm like from 10 years ago, he like worked for my dad, but um, Mm -hmm. he connected me to like a Cardozo alum that works there now in the litigation practice. So I could talk to her more about that because he doesn't work in litigation. So I like went and I like sent him a thank you text today. I sent her like a thank you email. So um, yeah, we're like chatting. So yeah, thank you. They feel great to get. People love them. It brightens your day. And people are like, oh, it's so small. It mm-hmm. takes you 30 seconds to bang it out mm-hmm. and it makes a big difference. Literally. And also like if you're thanking somebody for like networking or something or connecting you to someone, like I feel like it would make them more likely to want to help you in the future if they know that you're actually like grateful for what they did to the point to like even just take 30 seconds to say thank you. It, like it's nice to let people know you appreciate what they did. It feels good. It shares the love. It makes you practice gratitude. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. Okay. And then our second segment is since you're in New York now, we can do a fun thing to do in New York. Sometimes I'll do whatever city the guest is in, but you're in New York. So is there, what's your favorite thing that you've done in New York city so far? It could be on a like past trip. What's your favorite? Ooh, okay. I can go the Met on a Sunday. Met on a Sunday. Why a Sunday? Met on a Sunday. Um, I don't know. The first time I went to the Met, it was a Sunday. Okay. And it was like raining. Okay. And I was like strolling through Central Park. I was with my mom. We were actually in high school. It was my first time ever coming to New York City. And we just like wound up on the steps of the Met. We weren't going there on purpose. And then we were like, well, let's go in. Yeah. And we just had like a Sunday at the Met and it was magical and just a really good memory. That's so fun. I love that. Mine is going to be, I was going to say, oh, well, something that I want to do is I want to go to Coney Island. I haven't been there yet, but I really. It's fun. I went last summer. It's a good time. Okay. So I want to go to Coney Island, but then a tip of something that I have done is just doing like a picnic or like a charcuterie or something in Central Park. I did that a couple weeks ago. Maybe it was last week. It might've been just a week ago. It might've been last Monday. I have no sense of time. It was either a week or two weeks ago. And um, I went with one of my roommates, Megan, and then a couple of our other friends. And we brought like wine and I brought like a baguette that I brought it, bought at Panera on my way. And we had cheese and we brought Lorelai and we just like hung out there. That is so fun. Like chilled for the day. And it was just, or not for the day, for like probably like three or four hours. And it was just like a nice little afternoon picnic. And just got to chill. Good for your soul. Yeah, sit in I the love grass, that. get the fresh air, sit by the little lake that they have. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's my I love that. I have to do that too. I would love that. That but honestly sounds so fun. This weekend, that could be fun. If it's going to be good weather, we definitely should. Yeah, okay, we'll have to check it out. If not, potato taquitos. Yes. That sounds fantastic. Yes, we will do one or the other or both. <laughs> For sure. Sounds good. Okay, but yeah, that's the whole episode. Hannah, do you want people to follow you places or do you want to keep your social media a secret Ooh, um people are welcome to follow me i don't even know my handle i have not i can look it up for you okay yeah i haven't posted on insta in over a year but um we we can change that yeah while we look yours up i can say mine so the podcast is legally couture podcast on 
Instagram and on TikTok. And then my personal Instagram is erin.lindsay13. And um, I also have a TikTok with the same name. Um, I don't post a lot on the TikTok podcast. I mean, on the podcast TikTok, <laughs> because I forget about it. But I do post updates about the podcast on the Instagram all the time. And I'll share them on my personal as well. And Hannah's Instagram handle is, let's see, where is she? Hannah, Hannah Couts. Oh, it's literally, it's just your name. It's Hannah Couts. H-A-N-N-A-H-K-A-U-T-Z. Hannah Couts. It wasn't taken because it's such a weird last name. Yeah, it is. It's a very unique last name. I've never met anyone else. It is. Yeah. But thank you so much for having me on the show, Erin. It was so much fun. I was so excited when you asked me. I was really really flattered. Really flattered. I've never been on a podcast before. I love having my friends on. It's fun because I like know them outside of doing the podcast. Whereas when I have guests on from like TikTok and stuff, it's fun to get to know them. But Mm -hmm. I like know more about my friends to like know what questions to ask and like what I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, you were a wonderful interviewer. Thank you. Lovely experience. Yes. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Fanana, for coming. Everybody, have a lovely day, night, week, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye.